The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 46. Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float. Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity. That's not how the Force works. Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing. Remember, the Force will be with you, always. Hey everyone, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter, a.k.a. Father Fett, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Today we are discussing Star Wars Rebels by looking at Season 2, Episodes 3 and 4, The Lost Commanders and Relics of the Old Republic. Joining me today on the panel are, first up, Andrew Hermes. Hi, Father. How's it going? Going pretty well. Second up this evening, we have Thomas Sanjuro. Hey, Thomas. Hey, Father. How's it going? Going pretty well. And <laughs> finally this evening, Angela Cialan is joining us as well. You can ask too. I, I, I'm not going to ask the same question. <laughs> what I was going to say is that um, Josh did a great job last time. So Yes. Yes. Kudos, he was, thank you. Yeah. And, it was really um, cool to get his perspective on things. Yes. So, so yeah, so we might uh, run into a few other surprise guest uh, appearances when when we're not able to all come together. So, uh, Josh, uh, we loved having you on. Um, so before we really jump into the the Rebels episodes, there are just a number of news tidbits that I wanted to kind of throw out and and bounce around. Um, first one being. Um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super excited for Star Wars Jedi Temple Challenge on <laughs> yes. Star Wars Kids. I'm at best. <laughs> so um, by the time that this podcast drops, the first episode should have already dropped because it's going to be debuting on June 3rd on uh, StarWarsKids.com and also on the Star Wars Kids uh, YouTube channel. So I remember growing up with the the uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple, I think is what yes. it was called. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm super excited about that. I've been consistently impressed with the content that they're putting out on Star Wars kids. It's, it's really good yeah, stuff. Right. Yeah. Like the, the cartoon shorts are great. All of the little, uh, sideways tidbits, you know, the outside of, uh, the, the expanding the universe kind of stuff. It's, it's really good. Is that where those, uh, the animated shorts, the forces of destiny is, is on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Cool. I still need to jump into those. Oh, oh they're those fantastic. And they're, they're, they're really great bite size, you know, just kind of throw stuff out there and they don't water anything down too. That's the thing I've been really impressed with is like, it's, it's the story and it really like digs into the, the deeper meanings of the story, uh, in, in a very good way. Cool. I've got a, I've got a nephew who's, um, just over two years old, so I could, I could wrangle him into watching it with me. There you go. <laughs> um, some not so good news. Uh, the Star Wars The High Republic, which was supposed to launch uh, in August, has now been delayed to, to January 2021. So that's a bit of a bummer. But as sort of a consolation prize, Star Wars Thrawn, uh, the first of the Ascendancy trilogy, Chaos Rising, is going to debut earlier than it's kind of had its 
date shifted all over the place. But at this point, it's September 1st. So that one I'm super excited about. Have you guys read any of the Thrawn books? Uh, I the, haven't. Yeah. The old Timothy Zahn stuff, yes. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's what I've read. I loved meeting Thrawn in um, Rebels myself. And I was going to say, I, I kind of laughed when I read the, the title for the <laughs> Chaos Rising, because it's just <laughs> like, how many more verbs and well, adjectives can we come up with that or star wars like the the pairing of the two words you know <laughs> yeah. chaos rising rise of skywalker revenge of the i don't know it's just, <laughs> it makes I, me laugh i just had to laugh too because as i wrote it down i used one two three i think colons because there's Star Wars colon Thrawn colon the Ascendancy trilogy colon Chaos Rising like <laughs> right it's like <laughs> title 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 subtitle so uh, but that one should be that one should be a really a really fun one. Speaking of Thrawn, there is a rumor. So this is total rumor territory, but there is a rumor that they are looking for a live action Thrawn. Um, Ezra's been kind of joined into that rumor mill as well. And all that they kind of have said is to a Disney Plus series. So uh, that could be a whole new one. That could be Mandalorian. It could be none of the above. And it's just pure, you know, fans going crazy. But I think that that would be a really cool thing to to do a live action Thrawn. Definitely. Uh, it's a, I think it's only a matter of time that we see him in live action. You know, and he, he could very well be, a, obviously... Feeling Darth Vader's shoes is almost impossible, but, you know, the next big bad, mm -hmm. you know, in the Star Wars universe, you know, we, we still haven't uh, seen it in live action yet. So uh, he might be the one. Um, I think he would be a good candidate. And we're still sort of in limbo on the Rebels sequel, you know, Ezra and Thrawn mm -hmm. are kind of off in the unknown regions and we still haven't wrapped up their their stories. So I, I think there's some really cool things coming down the coming down the pike. So jumping into these particular episodes, uh, remember that uh, we are just we're kind of following Rex and Ahsoka and Maul and Rebels. So these next two episodes that we're looking at um, very much follow Rex as he makes his Star Wars Rebels debut. So um, as I always do, I'll throw it to you guys first. What was uh, your initial impressions of both of these episodes? I like the view of the clones as old men. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it was, you know, had the uh, the just crotchety old guys with their old tech that they've <laughs> kind of kept running for a way longer than it should have. <laughs> Going fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember what my first impressions of this of these episodes were because it was so long ago. But my second first impression, I guess, <laughs> was um, that I really. After watching the the end of Clone Wars and then watching this, I cried, was it two or three times? I don't remember. I, I wrote it in my notes how many times I cried <laughs> watching these episodes um, because, uh, you know, we 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 see the return of Ahsoka and Rex's relationship um, and we also see Rex and how how he ended up you know mm -hmm. um and mm -hmm. and of course we knew how he ended up but now we really know how he ended up um and uh i i really just i enjoyed seeing the problem solving i enjoyed seeing the interplay now between these clones and the family that 
um, is, you know, our rebels family of the ghost. And I also just love annoyed Hera. She's like, (laughs) she's already one of the greatest characters, but then when she's annoyed, she's just like even more lovable. And I don't know why, but great job, uh, Vanessa on that voice acting. (laughs) So they they really have the, the mom and dad feel down between, Mm -hmm. between her and, uh, and Kanan, you know, it's like, Mm -hmm. it, 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 and it's, and it's very much a family. Like this group of people is, is really, uh, a family that's come together out of the the need and the stress of the situation that they're in, but they all fill those roles very well. Yeah, like Angela said, watching this with a new lens after completing Clone Wars, it's it's you know seeing the the gang get back together, Lisa, mm-hmm. Ahsoka, and, and Rex. Uh, it was really neat to see and and to see them at different points in their lives um, and revisiting uh, a show that you know I watched a long time ago. Just seeing it from that perspective was. Uh, it brought it to a new light. And the thing I love most is like just seeing how persuasive Rex can be. Rex can really convince a Jedi to do anything <laughs> and, and at the same time call him captain. And it's uh, it's really fun. And obviously um, at the end of episode four, having that moment was was really cool and it meant a lot more this time. Yeah, it, it had a lot more emotional impact for, for me as well, because when I first saw these episodes, when they debuted, um, I hadn't really gotten into the Clone Wars a whole lot. So like I knew Mm -hmm. who Rex was, but I, I didn't really have a connection to him. And then, yeah, especially after going through um, the finale of the Clone Wars and, and seeing that uh, seeing Rex come back was, was, was really cool. Um, And I, I put in my notes also that like, I love the fact that we, we, we get a look at what retirement looks like in star Wars. (laughs) Like This is, this is the clone, the clones equivalent of like getting an RV and just, going fishing so um, (laughs) i I really thought that was that was fun um i also thought it was really interesting um they they really kind of play this of course kanan being uh distrusting of the clones and so he kind of takes a back seat but it's Mm -hmm. interesting how influential ezra is and how ezra kind of takes takes charge and takes the lead and um i think uh, a couple times i even put that Ezra ends up being the voice of reason against Kanan's kind of emotions, which mm-hmm. is just kind of different than, than what normally happens. So, um, yeah, th- I have these, a lot to these say are fun. On that okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> make, make sure that, uh, you, you jump the, jump that in when, when, uh, when it's time for it. So, uh, to kind of kick off the recap, this, uh, happens immediately after the, the siege of Lothal and the, the basic summary is that Ahsoka Tano sends the ghost crew to Silos in search of an old friend, one whose leadership and strategy skills could help the fledgling rebellion. But will this legendary commander be willing to join the fight? So we sort of kind of see how that, that kicks off that, uh, we start with, the the fact that the the rebels have lost their their command ship which happened in the end of the siege of lothal part two and they're kind of forced to regroup and i love how ezra is the one who suggests that they go and find a place to hide and commander Mm -hmm. commander sato is gonna look at it as as establishing a base (laughs) rather than going off to to go hide somewhere and regroup um but they don't have a place in mind they don't know of a place uh hera laments that they they just they don't know of a potential base that would work to protect their fleet and they they are just they, they're kind of at a loss and that's when ahsoka jumps in suggesting that she knows someone who could potentially help who is a great military commander with a vast knowledge of the outer rim 
but Ahsoka lost track of him quite some time ago, and all of her transmissions uh, to him have, have gone unanswered. So that's kind of the, the, the setup to the whole episode. Um, of course, we all know that it's Rex that she's talking about, but they don't. Uh, the One of the things that I put in my notes at this point was that we see Sabine with a new hairstyle. So <laughs> this is kind of her, her season two look, which, which is kind of fun. I, I prefer her season one look over her blue hair, but uh, that's Sabine. Ahsoka uh, knows that she can, uh, she kind of has an idea of where, where to find Rex because she knows that uh, he was in the, the Silo system or that's where he was last known. And, and she brings this head of an old tactical droid uh, from the Clone Wars who um, is going to be able to, to track things. And um, she, she suggests that the, the crew of the Ghost use this to, to, find, to find this commander. And she unfortunately can't come with them because there are still questions about the Sith uh, Lord that need answering. I'm still not sure if she fully, I know we kind of talked about this last week, Thomas, but I'm still not quite sure if she knows fully if the Sith Lord is Anakin or not. I think she doesn't want to admit it, but I think she knows it. I think that's kind of where she is, is still in that state of denial about it. Mm. Valid point. Before leaving, though, Ahsoka does tell Kanan that, that he must trust her friend, and she stresses that. Trust him. Trust him. Um, and Ezra's like, what did that mean? <laughs> it's like, well, Ezra, you're about to find some stuff out. <laughs> yeah. But she, she obviously knows that he is going to have issues with Rex as a clone, mm-hmm. but she doesn't, she doesn't prep him beforehand. I wonder, I wonder like, this, this for me felt a lot like she wasn't going not because she couldn't or had or really even had anything else to do but just because she wanted to give Kanan some wings on this mission you know uh and and I think that that kind of fits her character as she's matured that she realizes that people need space to be able to make their own decisions and that was something that mm-hmm. was important to her in the clone wars and it's something that I think she's trying to pass off to uh, Kanan and Ezra both. And it's almost like she's being the mentor Jedi, but from the sidelines in a really uh, creative way. And I loved watching that about her in this episode. That sort of echoes what she did uh, in the Siege of Lothal with Ezra. Mm-hmm. Like she, agree- she agreed and, and helped and confirmed Ezra's choice, but she let Ezra come to that decision on his own. Um, I think from a kind of a not an in-universe explanation but i know a kind of a rebels in general i know that that they weren't trying to make ahsoka the the core of the stories right so from from a storytelling point they wanted to keep it um primarily focused on the ghost so um so that could also be why why ahsoka needed to go find answers but that's not in universe explanation I, I like that it fits both ways. You know, yeah. that's, that's kind of one of the, that, that's good writing. Yeah. <laughs> when you can make it yeah. fit both ways. That's, that's when you know you've got good writing. <laughs> well, and it, and it helps the whole show because Ahsoka not being there for, for the main part of the story for these two episodes doesn't diminish the story that's told or, or your, mm-hmm. you know, enjoyment of the episode or your emotional connection to the characters. So the ghost then does arrive at, at Silos, and this is where we get the, the, and I, I put this in my notes to you, Angela, that I I loved the interaction between Hera and Chopper in this because <laughs> yeah. Hera scolds Chopper for not defining the hyperdrive as an important repair. <laughs> um, yeah, and Chopper really acts like, um, I think a cat. People kind of say he's like a dog, but I think he's more like a cat because he's got a lot of sass. 
Uh-huh. You know, and he talks back a lot, like probably more than R2. <laughs> I would totally put him more as a cat than a dog. Yeah. R2-D2 yeah. and, and BB-8 would be the, the adorable puppy. And yeah, Chopper. Chopper is so sarcastic. Yeah. Well, my, my kids were talking about it, too. Like right before they leave, when, when um, Ahsoka brings out the helmet, he says something. And one of my kids like, uh, he, oh, he just said, uh, I've got a bad feeling about this. And I'm like... <laughs> I mean, it totally fits. It was a great, great line of dialogue to throw in right there for Chopper, even though you can't understand a word he's saying. He totally translated it. But and he's got he's got like the the uh, mechanical arm movements that you can you can Mm -hmm. almost it's not a it's not equivalent to a lip read, but it's pretty darn close. (laughs) Needless to say, the hyperdrive needs uh, fixing and Hera disgruntled with chopper decides that she and chopper have to stay back on the ghost and fix uh what was what was broken so the the rest of the crew take the the phantom down down to the planet in search of um this this commander and they they get down to the planet and they activate the tactical droid and he begins to repeat uh the number seven five six seven um after seeing the Clone Wars, I was totally able to connect that. I know that the first time I watched it, I had not a clue what those what those numbers <laughs> meant. Um, but that's uh, definitely it's it's his um, it's his birth number, but it's it's so it's his his call number too. It's CT seven five six seven is Rex's uh, his clone his number, and it this tactical droid locks onto that signal and directs them to an old. ATTE, an all-terrain tactical enforcer, an old military groundwalker used by the Republic in the Clone Wars. But this thing is like, you know, totally decked out in in homey things, and there's a um, <laughs> wind chimes and <laughs> it's surfer dude residence, <laughs> right? Seriously, um, totally gets Sabine's attention. She she calls it kind of a uh, you know a work of art. So they land and are we are then introduced to to Rex, Wolf and Gregor who come out on the deck. And I loved all the 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 especially the interaction between Zeb and and the clones. He immediately calls them a bunch of old geezers. Yeah. <laughs> um and that sort I mean, of he, gets played off pays, throughout the episode. That, too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he he does kind of pay for that. Um and we we get sort of this this kind of stand standoff between the two of them because Kanan Kanan tells them that they're looking for someone and um you know Rex is obviously just trying to to lay low and and not not get involved and that's when Ezra asks if seven five six seven means anything to Rex and he responds visibly to that and says that it's his birth number and that's when Kanan recognizes them as, as clones and immediately prepares himself to fight and pulls out his lightsaber and expecting uh, them to, to try to kill him. So Wolf reacts and starts shooting at him. And uh, thankfully we have Rex as the voice of reason on the, on the ATTE and Ezra reminding Kanan that Ahsoka said to trust them. And so they kind of are able to smooth over the, the, the brief misunderstanding there. So I thought I thought this was the scene was really interesting because you're looking at Rex, who we know how he avoided the Order sixty six and how he came to do all the stuff that he did. But then, do we have any backstory on Wolf and Gregor, or is this just their endpoint 
Um, I don't think so. Uh, I think I remember after the finale that people were asking if we were going to get mm-hmm. an explanation for them because, of course, people had seen this episode. So they right. were wondering if, if we were going to. So I don't think, no, um, c- canonically, there hasn't been anything official. Okay, because there's, there's a huge amount of subtext that goes through this whole scene uh, with them and the, the first introduction to them in these both of these episodes that I have like this really big backstory like logged now from watching this, especially with the end of Clone Wars being the way it was, that involves Rex um, going back to the Empire. Because it sounds like, as you listen to all the dialogue that they go through here, it sounds like Rex worked for the empire for quite a while until they retired the clones. Mm -hmm. So like he went back and what I'm, what I'm thinking is he went back as a double agent, right? Go back and like try and convince some of the clones to, you know, break away with him. And then he's got a a couple of really close ones here that have retired with him, but that both cut the, um, the chip out of their head so that they could Mm. think on their own and work on their own. And, um, you know, that's, I, I don't know, I, I, I was wondering if there was anything official about it, but I'm comfortable now saying that I like that theory. I'm going to run with it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This could be one of those uh, situations where it's, it's better to just kind of let it, let it be a bit of a mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. I know that, that both uh, Gregor and Wolf were, were in the Clone Wars. So, I mean, they've already been established within the, the Clone Wars series as characters. So they aren't just kind of, you know, random clones that we, we haven't met before. Right. But but yeah, we don't really know anything beyond what was what was in that series. Um, it was also interesting at that point. Rex, uh, once they get through their introductions, Rex mentions that he that he fought with Ahsoka from the the Battle of Christophus to the Siege of Mandalore, and mm-hmm. so that was kind of fun because we finally know what the Siege of Mandalore looks like, rather than just kind of oh, it's the Siege of Mandalore and it was canceled and we never got to see it, and uh, <laughs> so. No need to imagine. Just go watch the finale arc of the Clone Wars. So once all the introductions are are over, they they migrate inside of the ATTE, and um, it's it's again Ezra who is kind of taking taking the lead and um, talking to Rex and and asking uh, for his help. And Rex is is unsure if he's they'd be able to help. Um, and that's, that's where Rex points out that the emperor has said that the clones have served, served their purpose and he's retired them. So that's why they're out on this ATTE kind of living the, the retired life. Um, cause now they just sit around and tell stories and, and sling for jupas. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Which>? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So I love the, the context we get very here. like <laughs> Australian outback type of uh-huh. language, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And the context we get here shows us more of what they had to have been doing without someone else from the outside coming in. Even the, the planet kind of has a Australian desert sort of feel to it. Yeah, cool. it goes well with the, the accent of the clones, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. the Oceania accent. So. Yeah. So they, um, yeah, so, so Kanan, and we, we kind of see this often on uh, throughout these is Kanan's ready to just kind of give up and leave, but it's, it's Ezra who continues to, to try to convince Rex and, um, asks Rex if, if he can give them a list of, uh, the secret locations in the outer rim for potential, potential base, at which point Rex is agreeable that, that, that they can kind of put together that list. 
Um, and we get a bit of foreshadowing, though, at this point, because Wolf uh, is concerned that in helping them, the Empire will hunt them down and there'll be consequences for it. So that kind of comes into play uh, a little bit later. Meanwhile, Gregor, um, I think uh, he was... <laughs> I was watching one of the behind the scenes and, and they, they called Gregor kind of the crazy uncle. <laughs> and so he, uh, he gets this idea that if they're going to help the rebels, then the rebels can, can help them. And uh, <laughs> again, Kanan is like, no. And Ezra's like, oh yeah, yeah. How can we help? And immediately wants to, to get in there and, and help. And really they, they, he wants Zeb to, to help about catching. Um, oh, what was his name? Big, Big Bongo, is that <laughs> Big Bongo? Yeah. Big, yeah, Big Bongo. Yeah, the 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 mythical giant Jupa out in Jupa. the out in the desert. <laughs> so we kind of switch then to Agent Callus, uh, somewhere in deep space on his Star Destroyer, rec- receiving a transmission um, from the clones about the Jedi, and they're they're not sure if it's a legitimate thing, but they decide to send a probe to investigate anyways, as they're trying to hunt down the rebels. And back on the ATTE, we have we have a, a cool moment between Ezra and Kanan um, because they're they're talking, and Kanan finally kind of opens up about why he doesn't trust the clones, and he tells Ezra about the clones um, who sought who fought side by side with them, and and then was betrayed by them, and how he saw his master being gunned down by by the clones because of Order sixty six. And for those of you who want to 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 read how that happens, it's actually uh, in the comics. Uh, Kanan, uh, the Last Padawan, is the the comic series where that is that is kind of portrayed. You know, when I first saw this episode, um, I didn't have a real appreciation for how deeply that affected Kanan, mm-hmm. um, and how uh, you know seeing that finale of of the clone wars we got to see you know we talked about it how the relationship between the clones and the jedi and just how traumatic that was to see them uh turn on on them and uh i think you know josh kind of said last time that this season really shows a lot of growth in kanan and you know he has to overcome some really traumatic fear i think it's interesting this particular episode, um, but this arc in general shows sort of like PTSD in Star Wars mm-hmm. um, because we're seeing that in Kanan, but we're also seeing it in Wolf, mm-hmm. uh, who who yeah. initially, you know, he he's getting a sense of the enemy, you know, like, oh, I'm in a conflict situation. You know, this is the enemy. And that happens you know when you when you have that type of trauma and um same thing with with Kanan you know he automatically sees a clone and that deep-seated fear and um just again trauma it it comes back up and just you know the way that they deal with this um they don't say anything like that. They they don't use any of that terminology, mm-hmm. but there's still mm-hmm. this episode and this arc is still illustrating that concept um, to kids, you know, ultimately. Mm-hmm. Right. And I thought that was just 
so interesting now coming again off of that finale that everything is so much richer for those who are going to watch the Clone Wars and then watch Rebels because then they will understand and they will be like, oh, yeah, wow. Like, I understand why Kanan is feeling this way and why Wolf is feeling this way. And um, it, it just makes it so much richer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even like I like the line that Wolf says when he first sees it, it's the Jedi. He's here for revenge. And he starts shooting mm-hmm. and it's like, it's just the immediate jump to like, you know, Kanan draws his lightsaber out to defend himself because he's nervous about them attacking. And then, and then Wolf's like, no, he's attacking us. So it, it really does. It shows that, that, that tension and that nervousness that you live with after you've witnessed and been part of uh, such horrible things. But it's also really cool because um, it shows how they're, they're affected by their, their past trauma, but it also shows them dealing with it and then uh you mm-hmm. know moving in a in a in a positive direction because wolf mm-hmm. wolf does you know uh contact the empire because he's 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 letting his concern for the the safety of his squad you know take paramount uh priority in his life and that's kind of his defense mechanism against uh the the jedi but by the end of the two episodes, you know, he's able to to kind of talk to to Rex and and Rex I I think there's a point in there where he apologizes or he says you know something like you know that was wrong and and he admits you know that he did make that mistake and he's able to kind of grow from that and Kanan too is is able to make those steps to trust Rex even if he by the end of the two episodes he's not he's not you know completely on board yet but he's you know acknowledging his own fears his trauma and and is able to kind of walk forward with it so yeah well 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 done for for a um an animated kids kids show yeah it it, sh- it shows how in star wars it's a lot of the times if you're a a bad character at one point or in the clones case they they acted against their will mm-hmm. but like even if you've done bad things usually in star wars it goes one one way or the other if you, if you're evil there's usually you either if if you do get redeemed you get redeemed like with your last dying breath like Darth Vader did, you know, or, or Kylo did. But it's interesting to see how once a character has redemption, how they, even after that redemption, continue to struggle with how to uh, adapt to life after Order 66, an event like that. It's not that things continue to be all, not everything has a happy ending. So uh, it's, it, you continue to have to struggle with what you went through. It's, it's cool to see like how that affects these, on, on a large degree, lesser known characters in, in the Star Wars universe when it comes to the mainstream it's good to see it from that perspective in these uh you know on these animated shows and that and that's just mark that's that's good storytelling too mm-hmm. is that like mm-hmm. it's it's the humanity of these characters and you know the best stories reflect authentic life um you know and sort of provide commentary on it but also being that you know escapism or that you know we're in a galaxy far far away but we can also completely relate to these characters and it's not it's not just so you know, unrelatable. So it's, yeah, uh, good storytelling for sure. At this point in the episode, we get the, the wonderfully crazy uh, slinging for Jupa's kind of <laughs> sequence. <Yes. laughs> it was, it was just fun. Like yeah. Zeb is out front he's attached to this energy line and anybody really w- thinking about it, he, he definitely looks like, 
the worm on the end of a fishing pole. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know. It's almost like, how did they not realize what was going on until right. <laughs> much later? And then, you know, I just watching it, I got the sense that the ghost crew was just kind of like, are we really doing this? <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's also totally relatable too. I I can remember you know just like hanging out with my aunts and uncles and and that one point we were going fishing along this lake or this this river out in Wisconsin and like I really didn't want to be there, <laughs> but but it's just like okay we're we're doing this. Um, Ezra on the other hand was like totally getting excited and into it. Yeah, they very much recognize quickly that that Zeb is is the bait, um, and this big bongo as as they're they're calling him, uh, does indeed snatch Zeb up in its mouth, and and uh, the, the game is on as I kind of phrased it in my notes, um, and everybody kind of pitches in to uh, to be able to 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 catch this this uh, jupa. And uh, and we get we get a, some some cool moments there um, where Gregor mistakenly calls Kane in general, and Kane mm-hmm. of course balks at that and tells him not to call it, and so Gregor calls him Commander. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's right, you're a Padawan. Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, they they do manage ultimately to to pull the the jupe up to the surface, and and Rex uh, manages to take it out and and kill it, and uh, and Zeb has this wonderful kind of uh transformation in him because he comes out of the the mouth and he's all disgusted and and uh (laughs) and he's really irritated by the whole thing until gregor shows him how impressive the catch was and then he's like oh wasn't wasn't so bad after all (laughs) (laughs) apparently they don't have sharp teeth that uh were or or zeb just has really tough uh skin (laughs) Just swallowed him whole. Ah. <laughs> Done. So uh, they are invited to to stay for dinner. Um, Kanan kind of wants to get going, but uh, Zeb wants to wants to taste the thing that tasted him. <laughs> uh, Kanan and uh, Kanan calls Hera on kind of the the hollow transmitter, and and they they have a, a a cool mom and dad sort of you know talk between the two of them, where where Hera's acknowledging Kanan's own fears. Um, you know, and, and basically she points out to him that the clones saved billions of lives, including her own. And maybe mm. knowing that would be a start for Kanan to, to be able to kind of let go of, of his past. Um, so I, I, th- I think that may have been the, a little bit of the nudge that, that Kanan needed. Uh, meanwhile, the, the probe droid that has been sent by the empire does show up and has been taking, uh, pictures of them and, and enters the phantom after Kanan leaves. Um, so we know that the, the Empire is going to be coming pretty quick. Uh, Rex compiles the list of potential bases and, and the clearance codes and, and the protocols uh, for for the Rebels. And Rex... Can we just... Yep. Oh, I was going to say, can we just appreciate what he gave them? Because I wrote mm. it down. It was, it was every Republic base, Separatist installation, yep. pirate hideout, mm-hmm. and smuggler's den in the Outer Rim, plus a few Mandalorian bases that yeah. supposedly even even they've forgotten about. I thought that was really a, an interesting combination of of things <laughs> to give them. He's been busy. That's what I. That's that's where this whole like you know this whole story about what what he, what has he been doing? You know, if if he was separated from Ahsoka, where has he been, and what has he been working on? And I, I thought that was like 
there's so much to tell there that was really cool. And I can just see him like, you know, rising in the ranks real quick and then making sure that he gains, uh, you know, a trusted commando group and starts striking out on his own to do uh, some specialized missions, you know, that are are specific to whatever task he has, which is kind of setting up for the rebellion. That was like Mm -hmm. his, you know, how are we going to fight back? And then he got old and was like, Eh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> you know, this is for somebody else, and this was this was like the moment. Okay, I can pass this stuff off to somebody else now. You guys can take this and go and do what I had started working toward. Because he obviously would have known the Empire and and who they you know and what they what they did and and would have been inherently uh, against that. So maybe they'll come out with a novel someday. <laughs> Rex's story. It did make me wonder though, like what was. I don't know if he had any more Mandalorian connect. What were, where did he get these hidden Mandalorian bases from? You know, like who, who does he know? <laughs> where, where are these people, these Mandalorians? Maybe he's still in contact with Bo-Katan. Yeah. But Bo-Katan would know where these are. Right. I don't know. They, they said even, even they've forgotten about, it. I don't know who they is referring to, but that's what I wrote down is that Wolf said, Plus a few Mando bases that even they've forgotten about. Mm-hmm. Who are they? The implication is the Mandalorians, but right. it could be a sect of Mandalorians. It could be, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good question. It's probably not going to pay off anywhere, but still. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe we'll get a novel that somehow ties into that. I, I just loved, I love the details. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we get a, a cool moment between uh, Rex and Ezra uh, where he was he's telling Ezra how impressed he is by by how impressed Rex is of Ezra. And he he says he says a great Jedi once told me that the best leaders lead by example. You do that well. And every time Rex was saying something like that, I, I mean, he's talking about Anakin and, and Obi-Wan and, and Ahsoka, but I kept linking it to, to Anakin. Hmm. which kind of, I mean, it, it carried a bit of weight uh, this time around. At this point in the whole episode, Sabine does find ev- evidence of the clones having sent the Empire transmission, and she finds the unanswered messages from Ahsoka, which that was that was sort of interesting. Never read by Rex, but Wolf had apparently been keeping them from Rex, and Wolf had been the one to send out uh, the transmission to the Empire, again, out of that sort of gut reaction of protecting his squad. Not that he was intentionally wanting to to be malicious, but it was it was his, uh, you know, acting out of out of fear that caused him to do that. And Rex, you know, and that's where Rex is able to kind of talk to him and say, you know, he says, you know, we live under the we can't live under the fear of the Empire for the rest of our lives. And that is not freedom. They do find the pro-droid at that point and, and chase it down. And Ezra gives Rex the opportunity to, to make it right and hands, hands him the, the, the blaster rifle so Rex is, is able to, to shoot the droid and, and destroys it. And the episode ends with them recognizing that they're stranded because the Phantom is damaged and that the Empire is most likely on its way. Anything that you wanted to mention before we jump into the the next one? Okay, perfect. Because they are very much. I mean, it's <laughs> to be yeah, continued. Segue, in part right? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
So, uh, episode four, of course, is part two of, of these, this arc, and uh, this episode is called Relics of the Old Republic, and it picks up right where uh, we left off. The, the group is scrambling to, to get the Phantom fixed, and um, of course, let's uh, crank up the drama a little bit. There's a sandstorm approaching, and Rex does give the 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 ghost crew the the list of coordinates um to all the 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 bases and the separatist installations and pirate hideouts smugglers dens and the the mandalorian bases and there was a a cool moment there between zeb and gregor that that was i kind of mentioned that earlier because zeb sort of says uh you're not bad in a fight and i mean for for older gentlemen you're not bad in a fight. <laughs> uh, and they, they kind of have this, this camaraderie between the two of them, which was, which was fun to see. Um, Rex still doesn't want to come with them and get involved in another war. And so they're, they're kind of scrambling at this point. Uh, meanwhile, Hera is continuing to fix the ghost. And, of course, that's right when the Star Destroyer decides to show up above the planet because they've seen the, the images from the probe droid. And so Hera powers down so she won't be discovered, and that includes powering down Chopper. And they send TIE fighters to the surface to go scout for the rebels. The Imperials contact uh, the, the, the clones, and Wolf tries to kind of smooth, o- smooth over the situation and does not do a successful job of that. <laughs> Never, that does that ever work? Has, is, there ever, <laughs> is there ever a situation when the Empire contacts you and you like can fool them in? <laughs> with, with, with Callus, <laughs> maybe, but probably not. With Darth Vader, definitely yeah. not. Yeah. So, so yeah, so Wolf tries to, to say that it was just his cybernetic eye uh, acting up and uh, Callus uh, shows him an image of the rebels, which the pro droid had taken and, and that's when Rex comes on and um, basically, <laughs> basically says if if they want to fight, he'd bring it. He'd better bring a better class than the stormtroopers. And uh, those poor stormtroopers get a whole star, a whole star destroyer <laughs> worth of stormtroopers versus three, <laughs> clones. three clones. <laughs> bring yeah. all of them. Yeah, <laughs> go. <laughs> he didn't make the situation any better. But you know, had they actually done that, they might have actually won the right? won the battle. But they still they still underestimated them. Yeah, you're right. that's that's not how it happens. Yeah. Um, so the Empire does find them there. There's the, the TIE fighters are, are finds the ATTE and, and fires on them. And Gregor at one point finally uses a rocket launcher to, to shoot down the TIE fighter. It's pretty cool. Agent Callus decides not to do an orbital bombardment, but he wants to do a ground assault, which is it. Uh, okay. Is that the first time? Is that the first time we've heard orbital bombardment? Um, that was an inter- interesting way of describing uh, an air I battle. Mean, <laughs> this is outside of canon. I, I, there's probably an example in canon, but the one that immediately comes to mind is Star Wars: Knights of the Old Republic, the video game. There's a one of the, is the that ships. In there? Uh, I remember. Yeah. Is 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 like lasers the entire city and destroys it. Yeah, but that's. Yeah. That's not canonical. So I, there, there yeah. probably is a canon example, but I, I, I don't remember it. Orbital bombardment just sounds hilarious. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, like it's, it's definitely more effective, but ground assault just sounds cooler. 
Right, right. Well, in yeah. ground assault, you get you get the ATATs, and you get you get the the yeah. sort of Hoth feel of the the approaching walkers, and and I mean right. they were definitely going for that kind of a look and feel. And um, yeah. actually, it was it was funny. Dave Filoni in one of the interviews behind the scenes was was talking about that whole sequence and and he he said something to the effect of like everybody's so intense and and callus is like full speed ahead and then they're they're walkers so they're just like who's the highest highest <laughs> speed chase of, <laughs> of at vehicles yes right, right. so so yeah so callus decides to to do a, a ground assault and and again, it was just, it's comical. Like, um, they, they do see three AT-ATs approaching and Rex, Rex starts to ask, how many legs do they have? Four? <laughs> how are they not falling over? They're not falling over. <laughs> uh, so the clones, um, on the, on board the ATTE decide to, to turn and, and head into the, the sandstorm and, um, they have to let go of the jupa much to much to gregor's dismay um, but <laughs> the phantom they do manage to get it fixed but they can't fly it because they'd be shot down so the the crew of the ghost is very much settling in for for this uh this chase in the the, the sandstorm and um rex rex is the one he he knows the abilities of the jedi so that was like part of his whole plan, which was really, really cool to see because he is just immediately and inherently trusting Kanan and, and Ezra to to help and to to use their their force abilities uh, to to win this battle. Um, because he points out that when they're in the storm, everyone's going to be blind, but the Jedi won't be. And so and they. And I started to cry at this point <laughs> when he when he said that line. I was like, oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, he knows. Yeah. And it it works out. It's it's exactly what what they needed in that in that point. Um, because the the ATATs follow them uh, into the sandstorm. And meanwhile, we we do shift back to to Hera a little bit, and um, she decides that that she can't wait anymore, and so she turns uh, Chopper back on with low power, and they continue to fix fix the ghost. And again, just some really good. Hera Chopper sarcasm there because <laughs> Chopper's complaining about how slow he's going to be and Hera says well it's not going to be much slower than you normally are like I yeah I those two are, are really fun um, but back down on the planet uh, they they established Sabine points out that the one weakness of the the AT, AT unless you have a um a speeder and a, and a, and a cable and, and can trip it up. Uh, the one weakness is in the armor at the neck. And so one, one shot from their main good sh main gun should take it out. And meanwhile, Callus is ordering, is ordering his AT ATs to, to try to flank them. And that's when we get, uh, Kanan's force, force abilities and sensing really put on display here because he is, He's able to use use his force sensing to to direct um, how to how to move the ATTE and and position them so that they have a, a shot to to take out one of the the ATATs um, and yeah the clones respond instantaneously to everything that that Kanan suggests like you know full stop or or turn or you know whatever oh sorry I was just gonna say there was an earlier line by Rex. 
who's um, I think Keenan said like you'll have to trust trust me or trust us and mm. and Rex says I always trust my general. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that's what made yeah. me cry. Yeah. So yeah, he puts him in his place and and in a in a in a way that's like that Keenan needs at this point. You know, Keenan right. is still very much not feeling uh, the the depth of his power. You know, season one is all kind of like that. Like Ezra's like waking him back up to what he's supposed to be. And now he's he's there, but he's still not wanting to engage and wanting to really use it. And this is like Rex is like, no, you have to. I'm, I am relying on you at this mm-hmm. moment. Everybody's depending on you. Just do it. <laughs> I know you can't just do it. <laughs> I think Rex Rex knows like how sensitive Jedi are <laughs> and, and, and he knows how to. You know, I know he's genuine, obviously, but he knows how to like sort of manipulate them in a way uh, at <laughs> yeah. the same time to like get them to to work at their strength and at full strength. So yeah, I think it was like I mentioned earlier. I think Rex just has a good handle of on how to be a good soldier, but at the same time, you know, he he really is like the leader of the bunch. But he's usually humble about it as much as he likes to uh, be a tough guy. But I think it was also an opportunity for, for Kanan. Um, I mean, Rex kept saying things like that and Kanan kept having these looks of like, like, are you, are you serious? Like, you know, because he's so distrusting of the clones that Rex continues to show him that regardless of that, Rex has full confidence in Kanan. And so I, I think that mm-hmm. there was a moment there where Kanan was starting to, to recognize his own, you know, perception of the clones might, might not right. be correct. It's it's essentially Rex saying, "Okay, here's my plan. We're all gonna trust you to get us out of this." <laughs> yep, and that's that's exactly what happens. Uh, but it was it was again sort of just comical that that Kanan they trust him, and Kanan <laughs> then points out that uh, he got him surrounded, and they 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 make some slight snide comment about you know this is crazy but this is exactly you know the situation that they need to be in order to to take one of them out um at which point uh ezra uh is ezra and sabine head up to to go to the gun so ezra can can direct it to to take out uh one of the the atats um and we have a very luke skywalker death star trench run kind of moment with ezra Mm -hmm. as he's recognizing that the targeting computer can't help him at all and he has to he has to trust himself and the force to to make the shot uh which he does and down goes the the at-at and uh the the clones and the ghost crew are immediately then of course uh uh they're found by by the other two and so they they head quickly through the opening that they created and kind of out out of the the storm. At this point, Admiral Constantine on um the which, by the way, it's spelled with a K, which was mm-hmm. I thought was <laughs> kind of interesting <laughs> with all the subtitles on. Uh, Admiral Constantine on the Star Destroyer uh, receives this urgent transmission from from Darth Vader requesting their immediate rendezvous with his shuttle. So. He uh, he leaves Callus on the planet because he's he's ordered to and and goes and Hera takes that opportunity to to continue to to fix the ghost and get it working. Um, but back on the planet, then uh, uh, they they get out of the storm and Rex uh, basically tells tells the ghost crew to get going to get into the Phantom and go, and that they the clones are going to to watch watch their back and defend. And um, essentially, 
it's it's setting itself up for the clones to to sacrifice themselves for the the ghost crew to leave with that information which was quite the uh again the 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 faith that they have in in Kanan and Ezra and the and the, the ghost crew uh that they they would they're they're absolutely willing to to lay down their lives for for them was was really uh good good to see they turn their ATTE against uh the the coming AT80s and just kind of duke it out uh kind of physically they they kind of ram the ATTE against um Callus's AT80 I swear I'm going to get tongue tied with that <laughs> <laughs> soon um and the the ghost crew is they they get aboard the phantom and and start heading out and we we see Ezra again trying to convince Kanan to to do the right thing and you know what are they going to tell Ahsoka you know since Rex was was her friend and um even if he's a clone you know this isn't this isn't quite right and at, at, that's you know in that whole scene Kanan recognizes that that Ezra's right and that he he may have problems with the clones but he doesn't want uh those men to die so they swoop back in and come and come and save the day and Rex has a great line that he, he sees uh Ezra and Kanan and uh Sabine drop on or Zeb I guess drop into uh one of the AT-ATs and Rex Rex smiles and he just says just like the old days <laughs> so did that one make you cry Angela Yes. <laughs> yeah that, that was that that would hit me man i was like i was watching I'm yeah like, yeah, yeah. That, that's like you know that's a good moment when he's fight, he, in in the depth of it like ah uh, he hasn't had that since the clone wars when when everything went all sorts of sideways mm-hmm. and horrible and he hasn't seen that eye since that point so that, that's 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 intense <laughs> Yeah, and and especially after seeing after having seen the Clone Wars so recently, there that that mm-hmm. that emotional connection is like yeah yeah that was that was cool. Um, so the the captured ATAT fires on uh, the remaining uh, Imperial one, so Callus's ATAT, and Callus wonders where the where the heck his air support is, and um, is forced to <laughs> forced to evacuate and get on his uh, speeders and and. Sp- speed away so they of course escape and head off into the desert but uh the rebels are able to kind of win win the little battle there and again a few lines of uh you know rex commenting that they're going to live to fight another day and gregor makes the comment uh we do when we've got a jedi leading us and at that point the the ghost the ghost finally arrives Hera finally shows up uh to pick him up and uh uh admiral constantine back on the the star destroyer is not greeted by Darth Vader and his shuttle but the new inquisitor who is going to plague the rebels uh throughout the season and then we have the very touching heartfelt reunion oh between Ahsoka and Rex that was that was intense and i i love that um Ashley Eccleston does the like shifts the voice the voice goes mm-hmm. from being this mature version of Ahsoka right back into the the 13 year old pad one and she does such a good job it, it gave me chills watching that scene because she really does just drop all the years off and that's one of the things that my kids have complained about is that oh, she looks so old in this series and i'm like well <laughs> she's a lot yeah. she's like my age in this series you know she went from being a teenager to being my age that's a you know she she grew up a lot over this over this path so 
uh, you know, to see that just kind of melt away and her become the the kid that she was during the Clone Wars again on seeing him was just really, really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, you know, watching it after just recently finishing Clone Wars, it's yeah, it, it means a whole lot more. And uh, it was it was really like you said, it was really touching. I'll just echo everything you said. But, you know, it, it's it, seeing Ahsoka like just her being so like serious all the time just kind of like you said letting that shit away and and having that moment with rex was uh was really special and um and i think for anyone listening out there to the show if if if, if you haven't seen rebels or if you've only seen clone wars or it's been a while since you've seen rebels this is a big reason like why mm-hmm. you should maybe revisit it again and you know get to enjoy these moments uh with this with this sort of new uh perspective i'll let you guys finish off i have to leave so i'm gonna sign off and uh, you guys take it home thanks for joining us andrew all right take care angela i want to know what your thoughts were on that reunion well i cried (laughs) 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 um i i didn't write it down but i remember they exchanged some line about like i'm i'm glad you survived or i'm I'm Um, glad you made it out alive or something like that. So what I wrote down, and I'm not sure there, there might have been that too, but but there was a lot more kind of comedy because Rex Rex comments that she got old and she oh, says yeah. had to happen sometime, Rex. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some kind of line that that I remember about um, just the, the two of them being glad to see each other alive, and so that yeah, I mean we've been talking about what what was the backstory when they separated. Um, yeah. You know, when we watched this episode the first time before seeing the season finale of Clone Wars, we're like, yeah, of course they were separated. But now we're like, wow, what happened? (laughs) You know, Um, and uh, yeah, the um, the reunion just again, it's it's so much richer after Mm -hmm. after seeing Clone Wars. Yeah, the, the, the hug. I was just waiting for it. And I was so glad that that Ahsoka hugged Rex. Um, cause, cause that, I mean, that just conveyed everything that I knew that needed to be conveyed. Yeah. So, so, and then there was a, there was a comment right at the end of that, that scene, um, Ahsoka thanks Kanan for, for trusting Rex and Kanan admits it wasn't easy and that it still isn't. And Ahsoka says nothing worth doing ever is. This is one of my favorite lines from Ahsoka ever. And I'm pretty sure she says it at least one other time. Um, I want to say it's also in Rebels. Um, But I remember hearing this line for the first time and just being like, wow, I was so struck by it Um, because of not only the line, but also because of who Ahsoka is. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about not just the in-universe struggle that she had, but even, you know, Ashley Eckstein struggled mm-hmm. to really get this character um, yeah. in the hearts of the fans. What, you know, all the hate that she got, really, like, online. Um, and then she, now she um, she's a big proponent against bullying and um, helping kids who go through that kind of situation because they love star wars because they're a girl because whatever mm-hmm. um that uh you know to to overcome that and so i love that ahsoka is the one to say this line um because yeah it, it's it's a theme of star wars i think 
you know, mm-hmm. it, and um, it really hadn't been put that way. I don't th- Well, you know, Yoda says that kind of thing, too, mm-hmm. about um, there's there is no try. Right. So um, but it's it's a different way of seeing it, I think, maybe for a different generation, and a different audience. Yeah. But I love, too, how it just points out that, I mean, doing the right thing isn't necessarily the easy thing. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, Ahsoka in her character and I mean, everybody who who does the right thing as opposed to the easy thing, it's it's so much more fulfilling. It's it you know, there there's joy in doing it, even though if it even though it's not easy, you know, and, and that's just yeah, it's well. And for Kane in there, too, I, she's referring even to just his own, you know, his own lack of, of trust and that he's making those steps to trust. And that's not easy, but ultimately it's worth doing because it's the right thing to do. I, I, I think here, too, like the great thing about Ahsoka's character is that she can speak to multiple people with a single line like that because she's mm-hmm. saying it to Kanan, but she's also saying it to Rex because Rex is still, you know, one foot out of the mission. And that's kind of like there are so many times where she's stuck in this position where she's like the one bringing everybody together and okay we we got to do this guys let's do it and she has the right thing to say that gets mm-hmm. everybody on board and everybody buying in and you you see that again in this moment here where she's she's talking to Kanan but she's also kind of saying it to Rex and she's really saying it to herself too like this is you know this is still worthwhile and and you always see that with her where she empathizes with everyone around her very mm-hmm. well but then is also willing to take that step and make sure that things happen. And again, again, it's good storytelling for this to happen in this way where it's not preachy towards us as the, the viewers, but it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just a natural lesson that we take away from the episode and watching the characters grow in their struggles. So yeah, very, very well done. And uh, my, all of my kids were very affected by that line too. Like all of them kind of had this collective sigh at the end. And one of them even just nodded and said, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's awesome. Yeah. That's, that's exactly I, how it should be. I, that's exactly mm-hmm. how it should be. Like, you know, as a dad sitting here watching with him. Like, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Star Wars. Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Dave Filoni. <laughs> Thank you, George Lucas. Uh, but, no, but it really is. You know, it's like, I love, I, I love that they're getting instilled with these messages and that they're like, you know, that they're taking them in and it's not just they're not just glossing over them. They're really absorbing the stuff that's coming that's coming in. And it's good stuff. You know, it's like it, it, it's it's life changing stuff if you let it be. And it's not just yeah. dad telling me. Right. Right. Oh. You know, and, and that's that's one of the things I really like about it is that, you know, I, I could say that a hundred <laughs> times and they're not going to hear it. But right. <laughs> when that's it comes okay. through an animated thing, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cool. Any other final thoughts on these two episodes before we wrap up? Yes. Okay, go for it. Um, so earlier in the episode, um, when Callus is um, facing off against the clones um, alone, he has this line where he says something like, let's show these clones just how obsolete they are. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I really, really saw into that line, not as just because they were clones, but also because they were old. Mm-hmm. And I, um, as part of my job, um, our bishop has um, tasked us with uh, where I work, um, creating a ministry for, for seniors in our, our area. 
because he sees how um, seniors really feel as if they have no purpose. They're not useful anymore because they're old. Um, and I've seen that, you know, it's 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 shocking and shockingly sad to like, you know, we have this event for seniors and to get their evaluation forms saying like, wow, I had no idea that I still have a purpose. And mm. so, you know, at the end of this episode, we see Rex kind of saying like, well, I don't know if this is really my thing anymore. I think I'm kind of past this and I've I've done what I needed to do, you know. Um, of course, we know that he gets involved, right? Yeah. Later on, he gets involved with the rebellion. And um, I really think, you know, it's sort of a nod to this idea that, I mean, we're we're in a pandemic right now that we're recording. Um, and there are a lot of seniors that are alone in their homes. And we all, you know, may have those family members or neighbors or whatever. Um, and I think it's important to to remind those people, especially now, that their wisdom, their experience, just who they are, their mm -hmm. care for other people, you know, their ability to care for other people is still very much needed today. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that's their mission. You know, they may not be wrecks. They may not be like <laughs> yeah. in a battlefield. But I mean, really, like we are sort of in this emotional, spiritual battlefield still. And they're still in the fight. You know, yep. they're still mm -hmm. here and, and they're still part of it. And, you know, even if somebody doesn't have, uh, you know, conscious abilities, they're still important, you know, mm -hmm. and it's not about what you can physically, um, you know, contribute, uh, sort of like a robot, you know, um, the clones, they, they aren't droids, right? They're people. And that's an ongoing theme that we've been talking about. So that just really, you know, that, that theme towards the end really struck a chord with me this idea that these these old geezers were kind of out fishing and they sort of thought well we're we're no longer part of this but i think one of the overall themes of star wars is that you know everything affects us we're all citizens of the galaxy we're all you know we all affect the overall big picture right and so um yeah, I just kind of I wanted to to mention that that theme and and the importance of that for us too right now. That was that was beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, but but you yeah the, the the core of that is that that our dignity and our worth is not based on some arbitrary mean you know calculation of how much you can quote unquote contribute to society mm -hmm. in a you know a materialistic way. That that no everybody doesn't matter young old. Um, you know, or even, uh, you know, uh, my brother's autistic, you know, and, and he can't, he can't contribute in the same way to society that most people can. And yet every single one, my brother, uh, the elderly have absolute infinitesimal value, uh, for, mm -hmm. for what they can, what they bring to, to the world and to the life. Yeah. And, and I think it's important to remember that we need to surround ourselves with many voices. Uh, and, and one of those things that we need to do is not just listen to people that have experience that, that, we, that we can immediately value, get value from, but to, to meet people who have life experience that's outside of what we 
are currently doing ourselves because there's so many times where I've, I've, I've and I love talking with people that have stories. It's, it's my favorite part of sitting with someone and just listening to their stories because they'll be telling a story and they don't even think anything about what they're saying, but they'll have these just pearls that are just dripping from every single thing they're saying. And, and they're not even, you know, they're just telling a story. They don't, they're not even thinking about the wisdom that they're laying out, but it's just coming out because it, they've distilled it so often. It's a memory that they have that they've gone back to and they've they've thought about how they could have done it differently or what they really appreciated about how it was done or or how it impacted them. And they made different decisions throughout their life because of that. And they And they don't realize how many layers of wisdom are just pounded on that thing that was so inconsequential to them. That, mm-hmm. oh, this is just the, you know, tale that I'm going to tell for the 20th time to someone. But if you are, if you as a person listening to them are, are willing to sit and really hear more than just the story itself, you, you can get so much out of it. Yeah. So call up those people that you know mm-hmm. and uh, give them a ring and just maybe just listen to, yeah, like you said, those stories, those pearls, because I mean, I've been doing that more now. Um, been talking to my grandmother more and getting more of those stories and learning more and yeah, just appreciating all that. And just be with one another. Mm-hmm. Seems like mm-hmm. uh, this whole pandemic situation has has definitely caused us to be more aware of the value of reaching out of Skype of you know using the the Echo Show to to drop in on on family members and and um, to keep to to keep in contact, but. But more importantly, to just be with one another. Uh, mm-hmm. That is that is so incredibly valuable. Very, very good points. So thank you for thank you for sharing that. Anything else before we wrap? Okay. Well, that is definitely then it from us uh, this evening. Uh, so listeners, uh, what did you think of of these two episodes of Star Wars Rebels? And definitely let us know. And you can email us uh, at starwars at sqpn.com, or you can comment on our Facebook page or Twitter page. You can find StarQuest on Facebook at facebook.com slash Media and on Twitter at sqpn. And as we always do, we would like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Star Wars, including the Georges family, Carl W., Donald Y., Veronica M., and someone who's new to our patron family, my brother, Gregory. So, hey, awesome. <laughs> he's, uh, he's a Trekkie. Uh, but if you support, it's okay. We'll forgive yeah. him. <laughs> uh, if you support uh, SQPN, you are supporting all the shows that we do here, even if you uh, don't listen to them all. So, uh, thank you all for being patrons of the SQPN uh, family. Um, you can join them if you would like to give by going to sqpn.com/give and support all the various shows that we we make and produce and love here at StarQuest. Also, of course, be sure to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player, whether that's Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or you can find us on the SQPN YouTube channel as well. And just be sure to click the, the bell to get notifications for new episodes. And you can find any of our previous episodes at sqpn.com slash Star Wars. 
And so we will be back in two weeks where we will continue to follow uh, Rex, Ahsoka, and Maul in in Star Wars Rebels. And we will be looking and reviewing Season 2, Episode 10, Future of the Force, and Season 2, Episode 18, Shroud of Darkness. Those are good ones. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely watch those and tune in uh, in a couple weeks when we talk about it. So until then... Thomas Sanjurjo, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Star Wars. Glad to be here. And Angela Cialana, thanks for joining us this evening. My pleasure. And once again, I'm Father Andrew Kinstetter. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest. <laughs>